Hi, Coach. This is Dan Tudor, and welcome to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. And as I say that, it seems like recruiting and in the scheme of life, the trivial nature of what we focus on, it's just that. It's trivial. But uh, it's also necessary, and it's a part of the job. And even during a crisis, even during the turbulent times that we go through and that we're going through as a country, you have to do your job. And so we're going to focus on that part today. We're going to sort of pull up our, uh, our bootstraps and and get back to work. And that's what we have to do. Because at the end of the day, you're a coach. There are recruits, young student athletes that you have the opportunity to teach and impact and have in your program. And that takes the act of recruiting and So that's our focus, because we want you to be good at that part of your job. And to that extent, we're going to uh, try to um, put aside everything that's going on right now in the world and in this crisis that we go through on many different levels and take a second to get you better at this important job of recruiting. And what we want to do is have conversations with two different coaches who got back to us after listening to one of our webinars about designing your recruiting message. And we've been doing webinars a lot over the past few months uh, here as we get into the summer of 2020 to help coaches uh, deal with everything that they're having to deal with, the crisis in college athletics in our country. And we wanted to make sure that they had the tools that they need. So we've been doing these workshops. And one of them, as I just mentioned, focused on designing a recruiting message that really worked. Well, these two coaches, after we conducted the first of these webinars, got back to us and said, hey, we have questions and a lot of just how do we implement it and what do we do next? And hey, but what about this? And they brought up good questions. And so we asked both of them, as we often do on this podcast, to talk in front of you. And so what what has transcribed, what you're about to listen to, is a conversation with Elizabeth and Brian, Two coaches won't get into where they coach, the level they coach at. That's irrelevant uh, because it's so we work with coaches at all levels, uh, Division One down through NAIA. And we want to make sure that the principles we teach would apply to every coach at every level. And that's what we're going to focus on today as we talk about this idea with these two coaches about designing your recruiting message. And how do you do that the right way? I would say especially in times like these where... There are kids who are concerned about the future, about where to go to school, the safe place, the right place to go to school, and your job as a coach is to lead them through that, and that happens through a story, that happens through a conversation. So what you're about to listen to is our advice to these two coaches, which I think is going to have a lot of application to you as you go through uh, this, this time of getting ready to recruit a new class to communicate with a new set of recruits. How do you do that simply but effectively and using a system that works? And I say that, you know, we work with clients. We work one-on-one with coaches around the country to help them design and implement and manage their recruiting message. That's one of the the, the core parts of what we do at Tutor Collegiate Strategies. And uh, so the things that we're going to go over are the things that we recommend to our clients and help them with and put into practice. That's how much we believe in these techniques and the the, uh, the overall approach. So as you hear us discuss 
with these uh, with these coaches the right way to communicate and design a recruiting story and a recruiting message. Just know that it's the same thing that we implement for our clients. So it's really what we believe and um, in, in how this should work in taking an athlete who might be interested but needs understanding about what you're all about, getting him or her to that point from A to B to where they're ready to make a decision. So as we pick up this conversation, we do so with the coaches asking questions about the webinar they just listened to, the uh, the whole idea of how to effectively design a recruiting message, and how to do that the right way so that they get the prospects rather that they want and that's what we focus on as we start this podcast. Um, I just recently watched your webinar about um, foundational messaging and leading recruits through the um, process. And one of the questions I had from that is, what is an example of foundational messaging? Um, I know Dan Christensen also did a podcast on that first contact message, but I was wondering if it's similar to that or if it's a little bit different. And Brian, for you... Um, what, uh, the question that you have, or is it along those lines? Uh, yes, it was along those lines, listening to the same podcast and and just related to the construction of a a solid foundational message. Okay. So what I, I, from, it sounds like you sort of bought in, uh, both of you on the need for that message. Um, what is the what what seemed to make sense about it? Or maybe what made you feel like um, that's something that I need to do, but I'm not doing now? And maybe just give me an idea of, of what you are doing now that makes you feel like this might be a better or more in-depth approach. From, from my perspective, I think I, I tend to make that first email longer because I want to give them a lot of information. Um, and also just, um, just the consistency with the messaging. I think um, one example uh, from Manny Green is having a theme per month. I think that helps you organize it. Um, and I definitely feel like um, I'm scattered and, and looking back to see what I had just written to that recruit. Um, and there's no um, consistent foundation where I can go back and be like, okay, this is where each recruit is at. Um, so I think it, it just it makes it a more consistent message to the recruit as well as helps um, coaches stay organized. And Brian, what what your thoughts on that? Um, it's the same same basic uh, idea or same basic uh, realization that there's something that maybe is a little bit more that could happen in in what you send out to your recruits. I I, I know for sure. I'm certainly guilty of sending um, contact that is probably a little too formal, uh, certainly too long winded, and probably not as response oriented as it should be. You know, getting probably into a little too much detail about our program, what we do, um, and, and not making it personal enough for, for each individual recruit. When, and one thing that you just said in, in what you talked about was the that it's not response-oriented. And I think at one of the things that we found over the years in working with, uh, with coaches is that that's the goal of especially new contact or contact with a new class that you have. The, res- the, the goal is getting a response. If that's the goal, because the response then leads to conversations and that's when then you can start to maybe make some ties as to why your respective programs are, are gonna be the best options for them. 
the response is required. So let's go back to the very beginning of all this, of any kind of contact with that first message. Um, you mentioned that it might be too long. Uh, you mentioned that there's might be too, too much information in the, in the message. And what we want to do if the goal is a response is not give a lot of message at the start. So the first part of what I would dict or what I would say is foundational messaging, or if we're defining it as that, I would want to make sure that what we're sending out to the recruits didn't answer all their questions, but in fact actually left some answers to questions out so that they would have to or be more motivated to respond and to to ask the questions. Because if I'm if if I've left them a little confused and but also intrigued about why we're interested or what is the uh, some of the different uh, advantages or or perks of our program, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach back out and ask and and tell you about it or or ask you about it. If I as the coach have answered all the questions, if I've given so much information that I don't need as the prospect to respond back, then I've sort of defeated the purpose of that first message. So. The first principle that I would say that you that you adopt or at least look at revising in the way that you are creating messages right now is make that first message shorter versus longer. And what we have found to be really true when we measure it is that proportionally, the shorter the message is that it goes out in that first message or the first set of messages, the more likely it is that you're going to get a response because in their world, in the prospect's world, short to the point messages are what they get in text messaging, right? And they're text messaging right. with their friends and, and people they know every day. So it sort of fits the style that, um, that instead of that traditional long recruiting letter that, you know, for the two of you that listen, you know, that just heard me say that, or anybody else that, that would envision a recruiting letter, you know what those typically look like. They're very long, lots of bullet points, lots of information. And, what we want is actually something shorter, more to the point, and that's going to generate the response, which is, you know, Brian, you mentioned is what we want in, you know, in a, in a message. We want it to be response oriented, which means giving them a reason to or, or the necessity to be able to respond. If I don't give you information uh, about everything about our program or school, I am sort of forced to ask questions. And that's what we want. We want to, in a way, we want to trick them into, uh, into asking those questions or at least feel comfortable asking those questions. And one of the other concepts that we've seen play out when you have that first message that goes out, they ask you a question and you reply back and answer it. And then they may ask a follow-up and you reply back and answer it. That's a very normal part of our worlds as adults, as coaches, if somebody emails us, asks us, asks us a question, we're going to respond. For a student athlete, what just happened in that little back and forth response is huge because, wow, I'm not, I, don't, I guess I don't sound stupid to them. They actually responded to my question. That's that's great for me as a prospect. Um, they, they didn't say it was a dumb question, so that's good. Wow, she seems really easy to talk to. He gave me some good information. Now, all of a sudden, I sort of like you. I've never met you. And I don't know anything maybe about your program at your school or uh, you're, you're contacting me from a region that I hadn't really considered uh, playing or going to school in, but you've been nice to me and you've responded to me. 
And now that allows me to sort of take an interest in, in what you have. And I think last thing I'll say about this, then we'll move on to sort of the, you know, the next idea is that when you do that, you, you act so differently from the other coaches that are providing their prospects with these long drawn out information filled messages that when, when that's being done, and I know coaches do that because they feel like, uh, I, I'm being professional and I'm being uh, transparent. I'm going to give them all the information they need about us, but it's done in such a way. It's so foreign to the way kids communicate. Now they don't communicate in long information driven message cycles. It's very short and to the point and back and forth. And that's what we want to try to emulate as best we can in a recruiting message. So does that make sense? Or is there any follow-up question that you would have kind of just on that initial concept? I think it certainly makes a lot of sense and something I'm definitely going to look to implement more in my initial contact. Yeah, I agree. So the general rule to follow is that you could take a look at your message and whatever they don't absolutely need to know right now, this first message, in order to take the next step with you, cross out. Just take it out of your message, which will leave you with a very basic message. Like, hey, I saw you play at so-and-so, and a um, couple of things really stood out to me. I'd love to talk to you more. We're looking for you know, your position in this upcoming class. Get a hold of me or you know, reply back. Let me know if, if we could talk. Something like that is much more apt to get a response versus, you know, dear prospective student-athlete, we here at so-and-so university uh, take great pride in finding the best student athletes possible. And we viewed you as one of the you know, very formally worded, um, professionally written, long-winded. That doesn't get a response. So right. that's the general principle that I maybe would want you to to um, uh, to see sort of take, take fold. Um, okay, so then we move into that idea of consistent messaging, which involves sort of that uh, that month-by-month um, overview or, or maybe topic oriented. Um, and, uh, Elizabeth, I think it was you that said that you had sort of heard that on, uh, on Mandy Green's, uh, webinar that we've been, you know, we've been doing a lot of webinars for those of you that, that haven't tuned into those. Uh, you can look on the website, dantutor.com, go to the webinars link. We're, we're doing webinars now for coaches. And that was one that is outlined. She basically, that's, formulated off of the way that we approach working with clients. So there are coaches and programs that work with us and we'll help them to develop their story, to develop that foundational messaging. And uh, with a small school, big school, it's interesting because every school has a different story to tell. And once it's told, kids will gravitate to it. So that month by month topic was developed because we heard a complaint, and this is more than a decade ago, and it's been consistent since, where student athletes who are being recruited have told us these coaches, we know they have a lot of stuff at their call at their at their college, but they in the way that they're telling me it's so confusing. I don't know, I don't really get a sense of I, I have a lot of information, but I don't understand like how to take it in or how to put it in perspective. And it's that perspective or that context that becomes so important in us understanding uh, a story. And so the way that we've taken advertising now as adults is usually through stories. You can look at all the different insurance companies, uh, uh, 
you know, for instance, you know, so you have Geico, you have Progressive, you have Liberty Mutual now that have almost developed characters and and stories and uh, and just these ongoing things and themes that we buy into and that we're able to kind of follow. Well, that's how we take in advertising is through this ongoing story. And we want coaches to do the same. So when we say about, you know, starting with the idea that it should be one topic a month or every four to five weeks, or at least several weeks, it doesn't have to be a month on, on the dot, but just every several weeks, come up with something that is a focus that you want to talk about. Now, there's all sorts of things at your school that you could talk about. You could talk about your facilities, the degree, um, the history of, of your program, how you coach, uh, life on campus, all those different things. Conceptually, I want to take one of those, and it doesn't really matter the order, but I want to take one of those and, and really zero in on it Instead of saying our campus is, you know, um, 74 acres and it has this many majors and very bland information that I could find anywhere, um, I want you as a coach to find ways to really dive in deep to a topic. So that, let me pause for a second and ask both of you for feedback. Um, and maybe Brian, starting with you, and then we'll follow up with you, Elizabeth. But Brian, how do you typically talk about right now? your camp, if, let's just hold this idea about campus, uh, if that was the topic, how do you describe that or how do you talk about it now or when when do you feel like you you should be talking about that in the conversation? Uh, well, I guess, as I, I mentioned, I, I certainly give away too much in my initial contact. So I would say typically my initial contact email has, in, has started with uh, some of the accomplishments and history of our program. And then I just kind of briefly touch upon the, uh, the location, the atmosphere um, of, of the campus and, and just kind of loosely define uh, you know, information about cost and things like that sort of as secondary information right. in the initial email, but kind of focus more on sports specific stuff in the beginning and, and just kind of introduce it. Got it. Okay. So, so in that, that whole idea of, well, before I get into that, so Elizabeth jump in and, and how do you, how would you answer that question? How do you usually bring up or explain or talk to a recruit about what campus is like? Yeah, I think I do some similar things to Brian with that intro email. And I think um, we leave a lot about um, just the campus itself once we do tours. So okay, right okay. now, have been doing virtual tours through Google Maps, um, mm -hmm. which has been surprisingly um, useful. But I think it's um, sh having them see it and then talking about how it's a really open um, community, um, a good size, talk about the student body and also the location. And it's a great community on campus, but um, if you need to get off campus, there's some great places to go as well. Okay. So with both of you, and the reason I asked you is because I wanted to take what your what you might be referring to in your natural conversations and apply it to this concept. So between the two of you, you mentioned five key areas when you talk about this idea of campus and it was location, the atmosphere on campus, um, cost, the community, maybe you have either on campus or off campus and then the size and what there is to do off campus. So all those things, instead of packing them into one, one message, let's just say in uh, in May, 
you were going to say, I'm going to be talking to our recruits about what it's like to really be on campus. And I'm going to take these five topics. So you took, you took under the campus heading and you broke it down into, again, location, the atmosphere, the cost, the community, uh, the size, and what there is to do off campus. So that's five or six weeks worth of a story you can tell about campus. Uh, and I would just take piece by piece and start with, you know, if that was your first message, um, if we're going to zone in or zero in on a, a topic, if it was campus, I might start saying, hey, look, prospect, I one of the big things that you're going to be judging, you know, where you want to go to school on, it's not just the degree, it's not just your sport, but also what's campus like. So I would really want to take some time to dive into that with you. And so over the next couple of weeks, I, oh, I want to do that and let's talk back and forth about it. So the first basic part is the location. Uh, so here's where it is. Now, look, um, here's why you should want to be here. So here's where our, basically, here's how our location actually um actually fits into a reason you should want to be here and make that location instead of just giving them information make that location aspect of that part of your message a reason that they should want to come to your school so look that might mean you're in the middle of a city and there's all these opportunities that most schools don't have talk about that and explain what your team does because they you're in a, a school and a campus in the city or you're a remote campus, you're a rural, uh, small college town. Come up with a reason why that's an advantage. Maybe it's the fact that it's safe. Uh, you, it's a lot, not a lot of distractions. You know, uh, you build those out. So that's what we want to do with each one of those topics. And then your second message, let's just say, was the atmosphere. You refer back to the first message and say, hey, remember last week I was telling you about da -da -da -da, about the location. Um, that also really helps us to find the atmosphere on campus. And one of the things our team loves about it is is X. And here's why. And da -da -da -da. And that's another reason why you should want to be here because of this atmosphere we have. And you'll get to know that once you visit campus, which I hope we get to set that visit up soon. Okay, more in a couple of days. I'll talk to you next. Let me know how that sounds. And then you get into the community or off campus, or maybe even dive into the cost. There's not really a, the order of it doesn't matter, but do you see how we're tying in one, that first message into the second message, into the third, and we're all, but we're talking about campus. So at the end, what we typically see happening, and, and when Mandy Green outlined that, it's how we approach doing the work for our clients. So. The reason we're so passionate about this is because we see it working for the coaches that we get to work with and we'll, we'll create, help them create their messaging to tell this story. It should be built on one thing after another, take a micro topic, one thing to understand so that they'll remember it. If they have questions, then uh, the whole, you know, contacting them or getting them something every six to nine days which was a part of that webinar, which is what we believe in, is that that's the right timing to use. Every six to nine days, you're getting them another element, the next element of your story. But in between that time, there's time to discuss it. There's time to text back and forth, or you'll do a phone call. Um, you'll have some other contact with them. And now there's something to talk about that they know what to talk about. So if I, if we just, on the location side of things, a natural follow-up, um, when I hear back from the, the athletes saying, hey coach, thanks for that, I really appreciate it, that helps me understand your campus a little bit better. 
my natural follow-up is going to be, hey, great, Josh, did, so our location, does it sound like that's sort of what you were picturing for what you were wanting in college? Yeah, I think it's perfect. Or, you know what, coach? No, I never thought I'd go to a small school in a small town because we're in the next to the city. Oh, hey, I completely get that, but here's why. We have a lot of kids from larger areas that um, that love it here. Here's why. Now you get to have this conversation, but it's based on something that's simple to understand. It's one concept, and it's not getting lost in between everything else. So do, does that part of that the approach anyway, does that, does that make sense as to why that tends to work so well? And are there any follow-up questions, uh, from, from either of you? Yeah, it, it makes total sense. My, I guess my only fear or hesitation would be that, you know, by spacing out your story over a longer stretch, you may have a opportunity to miss out on a kid or not have them hear everything you wanted to tell them and they've moved on elsewhere before you have a chance to get your whole story out there. Um, so you're saying that because we don't put it out right at the start, everything about us that they might lose interest or they might not hear about an aspect that could otherwise be the reason that they, that they came. Is that, is that a good summary? Yeah, I guess, um, I guess another way to look at it may be like, um, I wouldn't want to miss out on this recruit without using every bullet I have available more. You know, I, I wouldn't want to have right. things available to me that I didn't have a chance to use. It would right. It's like my fear. Right. Well, okay. So, so let's play that out a little bit. And I mean, look, if what I will say is that I don't think you would have reached out and contacted me if it was working well and that first letter with all that information or that message that was going out was getting tons of good recruits that, um, you know, were very engaged and in, in talking to you. Most coaches find that that's not the case. And so if, if something's not working, it's, it's fair to say, let's try the opposite. So if we're giving sure. a lot of information at first, let's try giving less and see if it has the opposite reaction. We'll be back to the show in just a minute, but first, a quick question. What makes a college coach a more intelligent recruiter? Well, it starts with using technology that actually gives you insights and trends when it comes to the recruits you're communicating with. That's the mission of Advanced Recruiting Intelligence. RE gives college coaches the ability to track, rank, and communicate with recruits like no other app available to coaches. And the best part? It costs 20 to 40% less than what most departments are paying for their older recruiting contact management programs. For a free demo, and to see why so many coaches are saving money and using better technology to boost their recruiting results, visit ARIRecruiting.com. And now, back to the show. And what we've, spoiler alert, I already know what the answer is, is you will get more, you will get more reaction to it because here's what's gonna happen. Let's flip it around. So, Brian, I say, hey, Brian, you're a great recruiter, uh, well-known head coach. We would love to have you work at Tudor Collegiate Strategies. Um, and um, so, uh, you, it's you know, here's what we here's how we interact with coaches. Um, so, can we talk about that? Get back to me. What you get that message from me? what is the first thing that you're probably going to do 
aside from any kind of interaction with me, you're probably going to go to your phone and say, okay, well, so what, how do they, you know, who's the company? What, what, what do they do? Um, how would that work? Like, do I, can I find anything on the website about what their people do in working with coaches? So you're not going to need me for that. You don't need me to outline it. We live in an age where anything I want to know about tutor collegiate strategies or any of your respective programs or your colleges, I, I have at the tip of my fingers, I can get any information about, do you have my major? Where are you located? What, what teachers are least popular on campus? I don't need to even go on the tour because I can watch probably six or seven different videos at a minimum today about your taking me around campus and making me get the sense like, dude, I think I'd like it there. So we, I want coaches to understand that that kids don't need you for the information. They they have so many ways to get information, better than what we can provide them, quite honestly. Um, and so, I'm not worried about giving them information. I'm worried about getting that response. It goes back to that sort of that first principle. And look, for you two or any coach listening to this. The simple thing to do is run an A-B test. So your next reach out of any significance, let's say it's going into the summer and you come back with a bunch of names of, of new kids that you want to recruit, take half of them and send out the message that you have been sending out. Take the other half and send out a much, much, much shorter message that gives no information about the school um, just only where you saw them, you like something about them, love to talk to them next, uh, tell you what you could be offering them there at, at your school and send that out and run the comparison of which one gets the most responses. And it's going to be the shorter message. If the longer messages were getting great responses, we'd be doing webinars on how to create the longest message because that we want, well, I'm not, you know, this is just what the kids want. We're just, we're just conveying the information. So, um, I don't think you should be worried about that, Brian. And the other thing is that one of the main uh, complaints that coaches have in messaging is I say everything at you know the first week or two or three of, of recruiting a kid and I have nothing left after that. I don't know what to tell them. I don't have anything left. And that helps right. solve that problem too, is that if we take it step by step, I always have something to talk about now. And, you know, last point, and this is, a, I'm really glad you asked this follow-up question, Brian, because it is so prevalent, uh, it's such a common question with coaches that uh, I think they picture it like, uh, if you, or if you picture it like a horse race, and you're entering, you know, so you break out of the gate, everybody t sprints out, and that's sort of how recruiting starts, is that, um, you know, it's you and four or five or ten other programs going after the same athlete. And you enter the first turn and you're in fourth place. I don't want you to just pull up and say, well, we're out of this race. We're not in first, you know, we can't win it because we're behind all these other schools. No, it's, that's not the race. The race goes on for a long time. I don't care where I am at, at the first lap. I don't look, you're going to, you're going to probably be able to recruit kids that at first don't respond or have very little interest because they think they are at a higher level, whatever that means for that particular athlete, uh, that I'm, I'm so much better than that school. Even if it's a division one school, there are better division one schools that I know will get interested in soon. And so they won't respond. And well, all your other competition 
that doesn't adopt this method begins to run out of things to say so they don't send the recruit anything well guess what when you don't tell a story when you don't send a recruit anything what happens they start looking for other options and that's i think what we have now in our in the college recruiting culture is coaches are great at the beginning they show interest kids get initially interested everything sort of trails off there's no good information or a story coming and so my solution is the prospect is I'm going to go out and look for other people because that first part was really fun. They were contacting me and telling me stuff about their school and I felt wanted. And now it's three months later and they don't have anything else to tell me. So I always want you to have something to tell them because over time, you'll be the school and the coach that has proven that you're the most interested. Why? Because you contacted them the most consistently. So that's so in 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 letting you know that or sort of outlining that does that make sense does that sort of help answer that question absolutely makes perfect sense okay and elizabeth we went right past you but i'm wondering what yeah um so did that make sense for you and also what follow-up questions would you have from that i think just off of, of brian's question too so when you um if someone enters at a certain stage where you've already gone over some stuff do you recommend how do you recommend telling them about that stuff too. So for example, if they miss the location messages, right, right. but you know they're a local kid and that might, through the, your conversation, yeah, yes. you hear that that's important to them, you just yeah, bring that yeah. up naturally or do you recommend going through a certain game plan to right, update right. them on that stuff? Yeah, so another great question. And again, it's interesting, whenever we talk about these concepts with coaches, most coaches start to think operationally like the two of you have started to do. So it's, it's natural. So what I don't want from a simplicity standpoint is I don't want you to have nine different talk tracks going. So in other words, let's say you started, you start doing it this way and you start with location and you move on, you know, you, you start communicating out, everything's going great. But then three months later, four months later, a new recruit pops on. And the question then with our clients, as well as then with a coach that's gonna uh, put this together themselves, is do I need to go back and catch them up? So they didn't hear the location or all about our degrees or my coaching philosophy um, the first three months they missed, do I need to go back and catch them up? And the answer is no, because it's too confusing for you, number one. So I don't wanna, every time a new recruit comes in, I'd be sending out 23 different uh, messages every single week, and that would be madness. You would, that would, that would, cause so much confusion and, and headache that you're going to stop doing it. So we don't want to stop messaging. What I would recommend as we go through these topics is everybody, your juniors, your seniors, whoever you're, whoever is on the recruiting list gets the same message. Uh, it would be great if we could tailor it to uh, each specific recruit. There's a system that would enable each specific recruit to have an individualized message meant just for them. It's impossible. With most coaching staffs, you just don't have the manpower or the hours to put that together. So the solution is, let's put something together that can go to everybody that tells everybody the ongoing story, and then we'll customize it through our conversations. So that kid that missed the first three months, I think it's important to understand, they don't know what they missed. They don't have any perspective of what you've been talking about. So jump in in that fourth month with whatever that topic is and start having that conversation. All they're going to see is a coach that is interested, that's engaged in telling them a story, and they're going to be into it. Now, 
three weeks, four weeks later, you're talking to them and they say, Hey, you know, coach, this is all sounding great. I really like, you know, you, but, um, I just, I don't know much about your location. I don't know much about like that area. And I've never really thought about going to school there. I'm just sort of, that's the one thing that's really holding me back. Maybe even from taking a visit. What am I going to do as the coach? I'm going to say, Oh, Hey, Josh, great point. Um, you know, it's a great area. Let me do this. Let me spend a couple of days, um, telling you about it and seeing if it makes sense. It sounds like something that you, uh, that you want to, uh, do, uh, that you might be interested in, and then let's talk about it. Okay, hey, coach, that be sound, that sounds great. I now, as the coach, go back, and what do I have? I have an entire library of location messages that I wrote before that now I can copy and paste and send out to that prospect, and personalize it, I guess, a little bit because it's you know you may know some specific things about his specific interest or an objection that he may have raised in the conversations, but I don't have to go and reinvent that message. I have it now categorized. So anytime it comes up with a prospect, I can then devote time, quote unquote, to talking to them about it. And it might be that I do it every other day or even every day to get through that conversation, depending on you know the timing that you feel is right. And that then is going to um, uh, hopefully answer their question and bring them in, you know, keep them updated. So I can always jump in and, and give them information where needed. I just don't want to have separate talk tracks, nine different uh, timelines going on in my recruiting message, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And as you said, yeah, you just don't have the manpower to do that. Right, right. So, so even though, and, and so, you know, and this is an important thing I want to pause here and say that so many coaches stop or don't ever do something like this because they would say, well, it's not perfect. It's not, uh, it's not something that addresses every single individualized recruiting concern. So I'm not going to do it. Now, the irony is they're not doing it anyway. They're not doing it right now. So they're not sacrificing anything. This is not about, about creating a perfect system. This is about creating a system that is more perfect than the one that's in operation and that works for you. That's actually deliverable so that you actually then also have a life after, you know, after you leave campus. So that's, that's the point of this is to create something that is systematic, topical, uh, and, you know, and, and also relating to what you know, or is important to your kids. The other thing is that let's say you come up with nine or 10 or 11 different topics to talk about. Um, guess what's going to happen? Because you're going to still be recruiting some kids a year later as they go through the recruiting process. Whether you're at D1 and they haven't signed a national letter of intent, or it's a Division three school and you haven't seen them show up on campus yet in August, and so you want to make sure that they stick with their verbal commitment to come and, and play for you, I'm going to keep recruiting them. So that location topic might come up again, but what I need to do is when it cycles back through and now some of my juniors who I'm talking to are going to hear location for a second time, I'm going to rewrite it. I might even introduce some new aspects of the location. So I never want them to get the same thing twice. I want them to have something new, but it's never a bad idea to go back and review topics and readdress things because the one big myth that coaches have is well, these kids have already heard that, or they already know that information. They've been on campus. They are they know everything they need to know about the dorms or about life on campus. 
the heck they do. They forget most of what they see on campus or experience and certainly the information that they that they hear. And so we want to repeat things. It's never bad to repeat things. How many commercials do you do you experience on a regular basis, either online or you're watching TV, you're in the car, radio's on, or you see the same billboard over and over as you're driving? We see repeated information all the time. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that the billboard stays up for six months. We advertising studies show and prove that we need repetition in order for it to sink in. And um, that's that's in, in a sense, that's what you're doing here. So any other questions on on the whole topic aspect of this, of creating this uh, this this timeline? I guess one last is if you're working with different recruiting years, um, mm -hmm. like you said, if you put, yeah, like if you're doing sophomores and juniors and you group them all together, when you get back to where you started um, with that younger class, what do you recommend doing going from there? Would do you give them different topics um, or do you change those up year to year? I, I think it's up to you. And that's the great thing is that, that both of you and any coach listening to this, you are the creator of your story. You know the story to tell. There are some things that if if a prospect in a let's say a sophomore or junior class came in and they hadn't heard about location yet, I wouldn't feel bad at all about repeating that. Now, it doesn't mean that you send everybody out the same thing they've already seen, but you can approach the topic of location again and just rewrite it. You you can even have the same uh, location, atmosphere, cost, community, and uh, size top subtopics. But I need, I need to write differently about those. I need to put a fresh take on it. And that's the part of that story that, um, that, that you can keep telling. Don't feel bad about repeating it because, again, that was 10 months ago that you may have talked about with a, with a class. Let's just say somebody's going to hear that topic again. They may have already heard about it, but it was 9, 10, 11 months ago they have forgotten most of it and they need to be reminded and they're not going to look at you strangely when they're not going to be sophisticated enough to say, well, why is the coach talking about location topic again? You know you are, but they, they're they just going to see you continuing to talk about your school. So just be patient with that and don't feel bad or weird at all about repeating because that's completely, uh, completely normal. Let me let me jump to another important aspect of, as we start to just wrap up the idea of, of telling the story and I'll answer any follow up questions after this um, from the two of you. Uh, but the other important thing is from a timing standpoint, not not when to send the messages, because just as long as it's every six to nine days, you're good. But one of the things that's important is I don't want you taking a lot of time to create the message, because when you take a lot of time to create the message, what happens is that you start editing it and adding to it and adding links and adding bullet points and it gets long and it also takes a lot of time so you're going to like you're going to think after 4 weeks I just don't want to keep doing this because it's so much time of you know I just don't want to take that much time to write it so my my really strong recommendation is to set a 10 minute timer for yourself and if you're going to talk about let's just say the atmosphere on campus I want you to bang that message out so fast and within 10 minutes that it sounds like you talking. I don't want it professionalized. I would encourage you not to go and add the bigger master's degree level words that I know you could use. And remember that you're talking to a 15, 16, 17 year old kid 
who is already intimidated at the thought of talking to a college coach. And when you start very formally um, laying out your thoughts and ideas in writing using big words that they never hear anybody use in real life, it it creates this gap and builds a wall in in um, in your ability to communicate with them. So it should be short and to the point, conversational, run on sentences are fine, make it make it use the same verbiage as you would in a text message. So very casual. I want them to feel like they're talking you're talking to them. Because again, the goal is not to professionally convey information to them. They can go anywhere and get that. And most kids already go and find information that they need without your help. What I need them to feel like is that they are talking to somebody who's interested in them, who is unintimidating, and who uh, is giving them me topics that I are I'm interested in, but then I can follow up and ask the questions that I want to ask questions about. So 10 minute time limit. So if you were going to, again, go and talk about the size of your campus or the atmosphere on campus, set a timer and, um, and, and have that once it, once it's done with 10 minutes, you stop because that's going to probably mean that it is a very short to the point readable message that will get a fantastic response. And then you can have the back and forth conversation, um, as needed with that particular prospect. And it's going to be very individualized. I'm going to give you a, a prediction that if you do it the way that we've outlined, what your problem is going to be is you, the time that I theoretically gave you after you left campus to have more time in your life is actually going to be spent responding to emails and text messages from kids who are going to want to have a conversation with you. Um, but that's what this is all about is having those kids contact and not have to have you chase them down, but to have them uh, be the ones to... Um, to reach out to you. So 10 minute time limit, very short to the point. If, if it's a letter, don't feel bad that half of the white blank sheet of paper that you have, only half of it got filled up. That's a very effective readable message. Um, so with that, any questions about that or anything that we didn't cover on this whole topic of sort of building out a story? Uh, not that I can think of right now. I'm actually eager to to revise some of what I'm currently doing. Awesome. And by the way, everything that you have right now already written and that you've been sending your prospects, which is probably longer, more information, please send that to the parents. Please create once every three or four weeks, create something that goes out to the parents. Even if it's just a recap of, hey, here's what we've been talking to your daughter about. Here's what Josh and I have been going over the last couple of weeks. Just want to keep you in the loop. Invite the conversation with the parents as well. Uh, because that 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 really matters. So revise revise what you have, Brian, but also keep what you have and make that the thing that you send to the parents. Because speaking as I'll put my college parent hat on, dad of a college student, one's already out of college, and and we have another one left to enter college. Um, I'll read it. I want that information. Right. And the fact that you took the time to reach out to me and included me in the process as a parent is huge. I give you big points for that as a parent. Most coaches don't talk to parents. It baffles me. And look, if we're dealing with a client and we're working with them, I like it when their competition is not recruiting the parents because then it makes our work much easier for that client. You should definitely send that information that you already have created out to the parents because they'll read it. Elizabeth, follow-up questions from you? About um, yeah, just off of that topic. So you recommend yeah, yeah. doing it less frequently with them? 
yeah, I don't, they don't need it every six to nine days. Um, I think once every couple of weeks to let them, and the big thing we're trying to, to understand, make them understand is that we value their opinion. We want their involvement. Even if we don't, we want to say we do because they are involved. So we have to take it. Um, and we want to give them, we want to have them involved in the conversation. Cause let's just say it's time where we want to talk about that athlete coming and visiting campus. Right now, a lot of coaches go through the athlete for that. I think that's one of the worst ways to secure a campus visit because the athlete now has to go back to mom and dad, check with their work schedule. Does it work with them? Remember to follow up with you as the coach and we're inserting a middleman and we don't want to do that. I want to go straight to the parents and say, Hey, we're really interested in having Josh or Sarah come to campus and uh, love to work that way. We want you and uh, you know, the whole family, whoever wants to come be a part of that. When could that happen? Far easier to get that done with the parents as a, as opposed to the athlete. Um, we want the athlete and looped into it, but there are, there are certain times during the whole process that it seems like every coach at some point once would really like to be able to contact the parents to ask them what's going on or that can they get that application in or did they send that other stuff in? And if you don't have the relationship built, it seems very awkward to go and ask that. If you have the relationship built, it's very easy. So the coaches that take the time to include the family and uh, open up those doors of communication at the beginning benefit from it all the way through. Yeah, that makes sense. I think my final question is just um, with this topical messaging, um, if you're in season, I was just curious how you feel about sending in-season updates and if that's something we should be doing every week or so or um, almost build that into the those foundational I would messages? Say, I would say build it into the messaging. So, for instance, if I'm talking about um, the uh, what there is to do off campus, if we're still on this location topic, um, my message might say, hey, Sarah, I hope you're doing great. We've had a great week coming off our third straight win. We play so-and-so this weekend. Um, I'll let you know how we do. Um, but back to this whole thing we've been talking about the campus, but here's what there is to do off campus. So I would weave it into a natural conversation because isn't that, that's what we do every day anyway. Hey, what's going on with you? What's the latest? Oh, I had a good week and here's what happened. Let's introduce that same, that same conversational flow into the, the standard message that we, that we want to send them. Because again, that's going to make it seem more personal. It's going to make it seem like it's, this isn't just a standard boilerplate message that goes to everybody. Um, you're updating me um, on, on that. And I think you know to, the entire game reviews or recaps that, that coaches send out um, that have a lot of individual accomplishments or who did what, it gets lost on the recruit because I don't know those kids. I'm not there yet on the team. So I can't really, there's not really anything in it for me in terms of uh, personal connection doesn't become a reason why I would want to choose that school. And plus, if I really wanted to know, did you win last weekend? I would just go to my phone and pull it up and and find out. And so I would say conversationally mention it, but not make it a major uh, a major focus. So to wrap this up, the one thing that I want just I would ask for both of you is, can you just give me the concept of of what we've outlined? And if you made these changes and uh and implemented this how do you feel it would be different just in the way it's been described or outlined as you've been thinking about it 
for both of you, how does it how does it seem like it might impact your recruits differently than the messaging that's going out now? And Elizabeth, I'll I'll, I'll let you start, and then we'll finish with Brian. Okay. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think it will just allow us to have more consistent messaging because as as you um, brought up, I feel like after those first few messages, you're kind of lost as, okay, now what? Um, and you rely on just having follow-up conversations, though. Do you have any questions about anything and leaving it pretty vague? Um, and I think, yeah, I don't, the conversational piece where you make it less professional, um, like you said, that's what kids want. They want to be able to relate to the coaches. So I think it will allow you to get to know the kids more, and they will also get to know more about you um, with the with your program as well. So I think just having that consistent messaging alone is going to be really key um, throughout the year. And Brian, what about you? Yeah, I definitely think it, it'll lend itself to more comfortable conversation. Uh, and I like the idea of, of setting it up in a, in a fashion that you won't run out of things to say. Um, you know, just, all right, I, I've given you my whole spiel. So that's it. I'm out of information. I, I like mm -hmm. pacing it out and, and and being able to continue the dialogue with the recruit. And coach, that's how we wrapped up the conversation with Elizabeth and Brian, two coaches that were willing to talk through the the conversation and talk through their questions and let you listen in. So we're very appreciative of their time and their willingness to kind of put themselves out there to um, to, to figure out how to message better. And that's what this is all about, coaches. These podcasts, as well as this episode in particular, but all these podcasts are designed to help you do this very important part of your job as well as possible. Now, look, hopefully the same question that we asked them about how this is going to change things and how are they going to implement this plan, they came up with their ideas. Hopefully you can define the way that you're going to change and what the next steps are. If you can't, if you have trouble or if you just want a team of experts in your corner, and I don't usually make this pitch on the podcast, but I am so proud of the team at Tudor Collegiate Strategies that we have put together uh, former coaches, marketing people, sales experts that jump in and help coaches, whether it's a small non-revenue Division three or NAIA program or a top 10 national level Division one program. We do that work with with all of these different programs, uh, myself, our team of experts gets to step in and basically be a part of their coaching staff on the recruiting side, advising them and figuring out the right strategy and winning individual recruits for them. So that's the fun part that we get to do. If that sounds like something that might benefit your program, uh, you can go to the website at dantutor.com and just click on recruiting, that link, and it'll go through um, some explanation. You can also email me, dan at dantutor.com. Um, as we get ready for a new school year, as we head into the summer of 2020, into the new school year, a lot of coaches are talking about uh, how to recruit this class more effectively. They're talking about how does the messaging need to change considering how turbulent the first part of 2020 has been. And uh, fortunately, we have the research and the answers on how that can, can play out in your favor and how to message correctly. So if you need us, we're here. Hey, and if not, that's good too. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep uh, the questions, the ideas coming because that's really what feeds um, the whole idea of working 
on your behalf and putting forward the topics and the conversations that are going to be important for you to hear. So we love that feedback. We love the conversation. And uh, we really appreciate you listening today, Coach. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, though. We're going to say goodbye. More stuff that is really good coming up in the next couple of episodes. So keep listening. Tell your fellow coaches in your department to subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed as well. And by the way, we're on Spotify now. So if you're a Spotify user and fan and you get your other podcasts that way, you can click on the uh, College Recruiting Weekly link and Uh, and subscribe on Spotify as well as Stitcher, iTunes, and Google. Coach, that's going to do it for today. Really appreciate you listening. Hopefully you're doing well. Let us know how we can help, and we'll talk to you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.